Okay, we got Justin Rogers here, captain of the United States Army, national level powerlifter. Tell me something about you, man. Tell me who who are you? What's your why? What's your purpose in life? Man, uh, so I'm I'm Captain Justin Rogers for the next about month or so. Uh, Justin Rogers after that. Um, so I mean, I, I guess I guess I guess my why is just it's just to to be the best overall human being I can be, whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually, uh, you know, but I'm just known for publicly as my, my physical aspiration. So I guess, you know, that's what brings me here. So, yes, sir. Yeah. And everybody knows you as a power lifter, but obviously that's like, that's fairly new. When did you start powerlifting? Man. So we actually, we actually had our first meet either June or July, 2019. So right. it hasn't really been that long, especially when you factor in, you know, this, the, the actual pandemic of 2020 was basically a wash. I mean, no, the meets counted, but they really didn't count because there was no nationals. Right. Uh, so really, I've, I've only done three meets in my entire life. And you, you stepped into powerlifting. When did you actually start? I know your first meet was 2019, but when did you start training specifically to compete in powerlifting? So my first meet was June, July. I started training specifically powerlifting March. Stepped in in March and took what six at nationals, right? Yeah. So so my first meet, you know, it was rough. I mean, we we qualified, but I mean, unless unless those are your only aspirations, no one really puts a lot of weight into actual qualifying. Right. So right. first meet, we almost bombed out of squats, you know, uh, open at 585, didn't hit depth, uh, hit it again, hit depth. Uh, then I went to, for, for my third attempt, 622, um, got it, but didn't hit depth. So, I mean, that was an experience all around, but uh, yeah, the, the second time we hit the platform was uh, raw nationals, 2019, um, we put up a 700 pound squat, a 501 bench, and then a 644 deadlift just cause you know, my deadlift could use some work, but, uh, <laughs> we, we got a lot better now though. So yeah, so that was my second meet, man. So, um, I actually competed again this past uh, December coming off of uh, a back, a back procedure just from the army and, and football and stuff like that. I, I've had back problems for the last like six years. Um, put up something decent. So, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, uh, what we can do in 17 weeks for, uh, Nats. You know, it's good. You brought up, um, the army and your back injury and your deadlifts all in one, in, in one thing, because I want to ask you about that. So we know yeah. you bench 500 pounds. We know you squat 700, but you personally think that you struggle with deadlifts. I mean, Absolutely. a lot of people would say a 650 plus deadlift isn't really struggling, but for you, compared to your other lifts, you feel like you're struggling in it. So Absolutely. how do you, how do you approach improving that? What's your mindset when you're focusing on your deadlift and, and your back? Cause your back is affecting your deadlifts too, right? Absolutely. So honestly, it's, it's been, I've, I've had a lot of growth, uh, personally, spiritually, mentally, physically in the last, you know, year and a half or so. Um, and talking about the actual physical aspect uh, you know, yes, the army and, you know, I've, I've been in the army for almost 10 years and stuff like that. So there's a lot that, that comes with that, as you also know yourself. Um, and one thing that I, I really had to, to really focus on was my health. And, and people say that all the time, but, uh, you know, a lot of guys, 
and, 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 and young women, you know, they see people on social media like yourself, um, you know, and they see them putting up these numbers. But what mm-hmm. they don't see is that they don't see all the work that went into you putting up those numbers. They don't see right. that you've been training for 10 plus years, maybe mm-hmm. not specifically for your sport, but you've been training for something for 10 plus years consistently. Right. They only yeah. see the actual end product. So when it comes to that, like, you know, even though I'm fairly young into competing, there's a lot of miles on my body. I mean, for playing football from the age seven through the, the, you know, the actual division one football level to the army, there's a lot of miles on your body that people don't see when they actually look at you as a person. Right. Right. So with that comes, you know, training smarter, you know, when we were younger, you could go run, do football practice, track practice, you know, go out, come back the next day, not sleep at all and do it again and be good. But as you get older, every single thing you do from nutrition to, to rehab, to, to, you know, your, your rest days to staying on program, all that stuff uh, builds into your, your actual like training output. Right. So right. for me, um, the thing that I really had to do was really like look at my training, really see what can I physically handle and what I can't. Uh, my coach now, his name is Sanjay, super cool dude. And we actually made the decision to switch from conventional mix grip to sumo hook grip. And mm-hmm. it, it took me a while to uh, to kind of get the, the feel for it. But I'm looking long term. I'm looking at my back. It's, it's, it's more leg dominant just due to my personal uh, leverages. Everyone's yeah. different. So, I mean, you can pull conventional and have long arms, you know, long limbs, have great leverages and your back not be affected. But for me, mm-hmm. I got shorter arms. So mm-hmm. just to break the floor, I'm using a lot of my back, even though, yes, I'm, I'm pushing with my claws. I'm, I'm in, in doing leg drive but there's a fraction of it where it's it's a lot of stress on your back versus sumo i can get into a much better position to initiate and finish the actual deadlift motion um especially hook grip too like hook grip's giving me an extra inch or two and that extra inch of length to initiate that that actual deadlift is huge like i mean it you is know. for sure yeah hook grip uh that was the best decision i ever made as far as deadlift so i always hook gripped for the olympic lifts obviously but I was doing mixed grip and uh, just once I started getting closer to 700, man, I would be like, I would see in my videos that the bar was leaning to one side and my position was off. And I was like, man, I'm going to try to do hook grip just because it's even on both sides. And I started noticing I could get in a better position over time. It was hard when I first switched, but it definitely is uh, a better position. Oh yeah. It, it felt crazy. It felt crazy. But ultimately to answer your question about my back and what changes we're doing, uh, yeah, so so we've made the changes to just switch the way I deadlift. Um, and also being able to, to pull sumo also allows me to have more deadlift frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh, conventional is very taxing, you know. Yeah. Some lifters, you know, if, if, if you're a smaller lifter as far as body weight, you, you can sometimes handle a lot more frequency. But the bigger lifters doing, you know, bigger weight pulling conventional – some coaches only say pull once a week. I know I was only pulling once a week, you know, and, yeah. and that's as much yeah, as you take. Yeah, when yeah. I'm taking it seriously, I only pull once a week. And sometimes yeah. it's like every 10 days, not 10 days, even. Exactly. Yeah. But with sumo, because it's not as taxing on my back, I can pull twice a week. I'm, I'm not going heavy twice a week, but I can add yeah. that frequency and it's not killing myself to just make it through the actual workout. So, yeah. um, so far, you know, we have PR the last – really this last block, the last four weeks, every lift has been almost a, a PR day. So, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the next 
six to eight weeks to really see what we can do leading up to nationals. So I think it's important to, to highlight that. For one, you didn't just say, fuck it. I'm not good at this. I'm just never going to be good at it. You know, you, you, you assess the situation and you try to approach it from a different angle. Right. So you encounter some difficulty and you said, there is a way I can do this. I just don't know how to do it right now. And you try different things to figure it out. I think that's for anybody that's listening. If you think that you're not good at something or you're struggling with something, there is a way for you to be better at it. It might take a while to find it, but you can absolutely find it. And uh, speaking of that, I don't know if you want to talk about this. I'm going to bring it up. But I don't know if no. you want to talk about it. <laughs> so I've known you for a long time. Yeah. And I remember I remember that you struggled with running really badly, right? Oh, yeah. Bad. And um, I, don't, I don't exactly remember what your run times were or anything. That's not important. But I remember that you struggled with it. And, you know, you're a captain in the Army now. And you clearly yeah. have to pass your PT test. And so even that, like you've, you've encountered so many difficulties and, and you find ways around it. And st- I remember me, you and Kendall would be at the uh, apartment gym in San Antonio. Me and Kendall yeah. would lift and you would say, I'm going to go run because I need to I need to work on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, you you are very good about uh, persevering through things and, and and finding solutions to your problems. Yeah. I think I think the whole running thing is a whole different podcast, man. I think that can take time <laughs> by itself just because, you know, as, as you know, the army is very is very cardio intensive. I mean, it's kind of changing its philosophy from just run run to more of like a, a cross functional type of fitness. But that should have changed a long time ago. Yeah, but... but it's it's still you know it's it's still the the old good old boys. You know, mm-hmm. they don't care how many push-ups you can do or what you can lift, but let's go run 10 miles and see how fast right. we can go, you know. So for me, um, that was definitely a big struggle for me and, you know, a big point of contention. And I'm not even going to lie to you, man. I'm, I'm getting out, you know, in about a month or so. And one of the things that makes me so happy is never having to, to run again in my life. <laughs> that sounds so bad, man, but that's how that's much bad. That's how much I dreaded it, man. Like, you know, that's not bad, bro. I that was the same thing for me. I got done in 2019 and I was just so happy that I wasn't gonna have to take a PT test again, bro. Like I still actually I I went running yesterday, bro. But it's so much more fun when you're not like trying to hit a time. It's just like, yeah, I'm just going for a run. You know what I mean? So one thing that I did and and I I had a lot of flack at first, but whenever they saw the results uh, in my training and I'm gonna try to keep this super short, but um when I was a platoon leader, right? My first time as a PL, um, I learned a lot of things from iBullock or infantry officer basic uh, leadership course that I took to my platoon. And I'm not a runner. I mean, you know, I, I would I would finish my, you know, my five mile run and guys would be in sweats going home already. You know, like it, that's, how, that's how it was. I'm not even kidding, man. Literally dudes in yeah. sweats in their cars you know, headed to breakfast and and I'm still on the track. So, um, but one thing I learned is just like lifting, every program doesn't work for everybody, right? Right. Like you, like the army doesn't approach their soldiers as athletes. They approach them as just soldiers, like, but you have Mm -hmm. to approach them as athletes. So what I did was I innovated a PT plan that almost everybody will, I had a 100% success rate at my level, but everyone that did it passed their run. I'm talking people cut five minutes off of their runtime in six to eight weeks. And it wasn't 
you know, crazy going hard every single day. Like some days we had intervals, some days we had, you know, long distance, but it was specific in groups and not just the A group, B group, C group, because I don't know. It was specifically, I had an Excel spreadsheet with your one mile runtime. And mm-hmm. based off of your one mile runtime, it calculated your projected two mile pace, your 70% of that two mile pace, mm-hmm. um, your, your a marathon pace, uh, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And every single workout was specific for you. And literally like, you know, at first we had a lot of flack because all the, you know, all the officers want to go on a run or they, and, you know, so the person yeah. in the front who might run a, you know, a 12 minute, two mile, he's getting nothing from that. He, he or she, but the person in the back who fails, they're dying. So yeah. like, what is your, what is your unit really getting from that? Like, are they getting better or are you just doing that because someone told you to do that where that's like the right thing to do? So right. what, what I did was we had actual workouts. Like I treated my soldiers like they were athletes, you know, they had yes. homework on weekends and it was optional, but I could tell who was doing it and who wasn't. And yeah. um, everybody ended up passing and everybody could improve every single day because they were going at their specific level for where they were at. And it worked. That's man. Really smart. That's really smart. And I think it just goes along with what I was saying before about how you're a problem solver. And when you encounter a difficulty, you find a way around it. And so let's let's go into that a little bit more. What do you think made you that way? Do you think it was your parents? Do you think it was where you grew up at? Do you think it was something that you went through? What what do you think contributed to that mindset that you have? Like, I can figure out a way to to get past this for me. It was because I had a very, very narrow and finite uh, definition of success when I was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my my dad played Division One football. You know, like both my mom and my dad were both you know honor roll students in college, like all that kind of stuff. And the one thing that they didn't do uh, is they didn't really give me anything. Like my parents have money. Um, I personally grew up in a home where we had like, you know, 15 people living in the same house at one point. Mm-hmm. And then once my mom joined the Air Force, became an officer, got married, then my lifestyle improved. But mm-hmm. they still kept that like that struggling mentality, even though right. when I was about 10, you know, 10, 11, 12, we, we weren't struggling anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they kept that same mentality of like work for everything you want. And what I mean by I had a, a very narrow idea of success is, I knew that my goal was to play division one football. Like that was my goal. Like whether I, and I was literally going to die to do that. Like I, I didn't care how it happened. Uh, I was going to do that. And so in, in high school, man, I was, I was kind of lame, honestly. Like, you know, I, I didn't party. I, I didn't sleep with girls. Like I didn't drink, like literally. You That's know. not really lame though, man. You know, I think like maybe I guess, society would say that's lame but i think yeah. having a goal and like being disciplined like that that's not lame at all i think Bro, like, like wasting your life is lame right absolutely so. i mean i like i i didn't you know i i didn't get drunk or sleep with my first girl till college you know like it yeah. i like literally i was so focused on success man and and i saw that hey like while they're out partying i can be running sprints or yeah it, it was weird man like i would literally I was literally that kid like running hills on the side of the highway, you know, in the middle of summer, you know, by itself. And, and I kind of kept that same mentality from a young age. So now it might look different. It might look whether that's, you know, back in the day it was for football or now it's for, it's for business or lifting or whatever it is. 
um you know that's that, that's just kind of like how I've been and I just like some like there's a lot of times where you'll hit adversity and there's some things that you might set your mind to do and you just can't do it it just won't happen you know but it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily give up or that you failed it just means that something else was in store for you there's a lot of people that don't go pro in football were they failures no they they were probably very successful like only one percent of high school athletes play college and then one percent of that go division one you know so it's like like just how do you because- know how do you know when you put in enough effort this is a this is kind of a random question but i'm thinking mm-hmm. i tell people the same thing i'm like hey just because you didn't reach something doesn't mean you didn't fail maybe it wasn't for you when do you decide you know what this really isn't for me how long does it take what do you think you have to encounter that's, I think, a, that's, a, that's a tough question so i know it's gonna be i think that's different for everyone i mean look at uh thomas edison mm-hmm. you know i mean how many light bulbs did he mess up before he finally he finally figured it out you know like, i know that's what i'm saying should we should uh, we have told him at light bulb 400 like bro this isn't for you you know what i, I mean <laughs> i think it just depends I, I i think it just depends on your goals in life like if if you have a goal that you're willing to risk everything to pursue until you die and that brings you happiness, then that's for you. If, yeah. if you have a goal, you know, where you're like, Hey, if I don't hit this by a certain time, I'm going to pursue something else. Then that's yeah. your, that's your backstop for you. You know, I think it just depends on like where you're at and, and what you want to do, because there's always going to be that outlier who, you know, who, who does everything for years and years and has no success and no success. And one day, boom, and they make it. And right. then they, that same person that does the exact same thing and they waste all that time with nothing to show for it or they die trying and yeah. it's really up to the, the, the person to really see like what's worth it for them. You know, like yeah. for me, I don't really see myself piloting for a really long time. I mean, you know, maybe another three years, depending. I, I know for me, you know, my goal is to win a national championship and a world championship you know, and I think realistically, I can do that within three years. Um, yes. But if I don't, am I a failure? No, you know, but like, if I'm at a point in my life where that's all I want to do, and I, and I want to continue to go and dedicate four hours every single day to training on top of work, you know, I mean, I don't have kids, I'm not married. So like, there's going to be other things in life that's going to trump my personal lifting goals, if that makes sense. So I guess it just depends yeah. on each person and like, how much they're really willing to sacrifice for what they want. And if what they are willing to sacrifice is worth their goal or their dream of what they're actually like aspiring to achieve, you know? 100%. I always tell people that it's not about what you, what you want. It's about what you're willing to sacrifice for. Right. Like you could want a million dollars, but if it takes 80 hours a week of working and you don't want to do that, then you're not willing to sacrifice for it. So it doesn't matter that you want it. Right. So yeah, I agree 100%. And my goal with these conversations is basically to give people that are watching an idea of how they can improve their mindset, how they can become more disciplined. Because people like us, um, you know, maybe we had an advantage as far as that goes, because we had parents that were athletes and we started working out really young. So we kind of yeah, just kinda know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we know that lifestyle. Like, like you said, you were that kid that was running on the highway I was that kid too, bro. I started working out when I was like 11 years old and I've just never stopped since then. So for me, I can't fully relate to somebody that has like discipline problems. Cause I'm like, I've never had that problem. Exactly. 
Exactly. So like, I'm trying to just give them a glimpse into our minds and maybe maybe we won't figure it out in this conversation, but in multiple conversations, maybe someone watching can be like, okay, I see why they're so disciplined. I think I get it. I think this will help me. You know is it I mean? hard for you when, when, when people ask for like before footage or before photos? Cause like my before footage is me 14 years old repping 225 for like 12 to 13 reps, you know, like, Oh yeah. It doesn't, so it doesn't like, help at all, bro. It's like, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got some clips on YouTube from like 2010. And for me, it was, it was a bad case and stuff. Yeah. You got your old, it was, it was bad. Like to me, I was deadlifting 495, but the form was like horrible. So oh, I yeah. like show people, they're like, let me see like when you were lifting before I'm like, yeah, this was bad. And they're like, what? That's more than I can lift right now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah but it was bad for me though. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's different, but um, I will yeah, tell everybody's, you this, everybody's journey is different. So I, I'm not sure if you had any rivalries, man. And I know this is a little off topic, but uh, one of the things that really pushed me was um, a rivalry that I had with another athlete in high school. Who was um, it? His name was Austin Snee. Uh, you know, good friend of mine. Um, but this dude, uh, and, and not like race matters, but a white guy, man, was running a 4-3. Like, mm -hmm. this dude, I mean, if, if you've seen this man, like in high school, like 215 in high school, muscle, nothing but muscle. Um, yes. And we both played, you know, played running back. Um, and, you know, you want to fight for carries. We ran the old school wishbone offense. So it, we was not, no, no, we never passed. We, we passed maybe <laughs> once every three, four games, man. It was, it was Austin right, Justin left. That was it, you know? So yeah. that really pushed me, man. And, you know, Austin got more carries than me and stuff like that. And um, I had a better, you know, average as far as yards, but, you know, like he was always a little bit stronger than me, a little bit faster than me. And it drove me mad, man. It drove me mad because I was literally doing everything I could to to not just be better than him, but to be the best that I could possibly be. Uh, and people would always bring up steroids. Right. And, you know, like I've you know, I can honest to God say that I've never done that in my entire life. And, and if someone has, I, I don't hold that against them, per se. But one of the reasons that I'm so against it was because. So Austin, uh, you know, Austin would all, we, people would ask me, he'll all say, no, 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 you know, I, I've never done steroids and come to find out he was, you know, so like, oh, really? for, yeah, so he was. So for, for, you know, three, four years of just being this much slower, mm -hmm. this much weaker than this guy. And this guy was benching like 415 in high school, man, like as a running back, yeah, as, as, a, as a sophomore, dude, like this, just a monster. And I was always having his back. I was like, no, I mean, Austin's clean. Austin's clean because, you know, like I didn't want to, you know, accept that, you know, my friend, the guy that I'm going against every single day is, is cheating. Yeah. And when I found out he was after we graduated, man, it, it crushed me, bro. Because, yeah. you know, the whole time, like I could have got more carries or I could have, you know, like, but I also think I'm, I was thankful for that experience because it made me that much better. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say that's kind of my view on juice and sports. Uh, it's not realistic to ever have completely clean sports. And I think it, it is cheating. Right. But like you said, depending you're on following sport. Yeah, you, sports, it's OK. You know, some yeah, if it's untested, but yeah, if yeah. it's tested, then it's cheating. Right. But you following that dude is pushing you to your outer limits, like not to excuse what he's doing. But like you said, if he wasn't there maybe you would never be the Justin Rogers that you are right. because you would have been the top dog and you would have said it doesn't get any better than this and blah, blah, blah. Right. You know what I mean, so 
yeah, that, that is a little bit uh, sidetracked, but that was that was a good story. That was a good no, time. No, it, it, it definitely pushed me. And I think from a very young age, just that experience, just having the mindset to, man, like there's always somebody, somebody working, whether you can see them or not. I know with Instagram, social media, people post their PR, so you, you can always see it. But even mm. if you couldn't, you know, back in the day, like no, nobody was recording videos and nobody was you was just working in the gym and like people saw what they did if they didn't whatever but you were still grinding so like i, I kind of try to keep that same mentality of course you got to keep your your sponsors happy and stuff like that but for the most part yeah. man, like i'm training for me i'm not training for clout i'm not training for for other people's approval of me like i'm training because i want to achieve my personal goals and i'm, I'm not going to stop until something stops me or I do that. So, you know, that's a good topic, too, man. Uh, somebody actually asked this on Instagram when I posted the thing about asking you a question. How do you think uh, social media has affected people's trainings? Oh, wow, man. I That's another podcast, man. I, I think <laughs> I, I think social media is a great tool. It's a great engine. Uh, I have nothing against social media at all. I mean, that that's like me personally, I mean, I don't have anything against guns either. You know, it's, yeah. it's going to lay there. It's, but some people can, they get so, they get so fueled by that like or, or that share or, you know, or, or that tag yeah. or whatever that is that now they're not focusing on the betterment of themselves. They're focusing more on the approval of others. Facts. And, you know, Raw Nationals, man, this year, for the most part, is invite only. Like yeah, only yeah. the top lifters got invited. I was fortunate enough to get invited. I know there's a lot of like controversy about that. I'm ranked number nine in the world, number six in the nation right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were only going to invite the, the top five automatically. Everyone else had to like sign up, you know, free for all. But I think there was some overlap and, you know, some, so where they invited some of the, you know, the top tier lifters. And luckily I was able to get invited without having to like, you know, wait and sign up with everybody else. But with that being said, I, I say that because, um, you know, like there's a lot of lifters who have a lot of clout, you know, you know, they got, you know, 10 times more followers than me or, or, or whatnot. And some of those guys didn't get invited, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, now they're mad about it, but it's like, well, if you look at your numbers, you weren't, in the top 10 you know like you weren't in the top 15 so be, just because you're getting these thousands and thousands of views and likes every single day and you're good i mean you're not trash but that shouldn't automatically give you a leg up because like this isn't a a popularity contest this is a competition you know right. and so like i think some people get so caught up into social media that they lose sight of why they even started doing it in the first place you know it's funny Social media actually had a positive impact on my training. Um, before the period when I stopped running track in college and maybe like 2013, Instagram wasn't that big yet as far as lifting and stuff. And I was in a gym in San Antonio, bro, and I was squatting like 425, 435, 445. And there wasn't really nobody else in the gym squatting that. So in my head, I'm like, how much more can a person really squat? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I know the big football players squat 500 and stuff, but I'm like 180 pounds, like 175. So I'm like, this is kind of the top of the top. You know what I mean? And so 
I literally wouldn't put on more weight. I just do 435, 435. Yeah. Then I would get on social media and I would see people that squatted 365 and then two months, three months, four months, they do, oh, PR 405. And I'm like, this dude's kind of close to me. Then he'll post 435. And then I saw people going up and hitting 500. And I'm like, yo, these are just like regularized dudes, bro. These ain't like regular dudes training yeah, three times nah. a day or something. And I'm like, hold on, bro. I need to step it up. So then I actually started trying to put more weight on the bar. You know what uh-huh. I mean? So, but that's because I have like a competitive mindset. And I still wasn't doing it for likes. I was just like, this means I'm not improving myself as much as I thought I could. You know what I mean? So it pushed me oh, yeah. in a good way. So Nah, like it, like you're absolutely right, man. Like for people who, who don't know, uh, I live in Houston, so I, you know, Alpha Elite Gym uh, is literally out there. ten minutes from my house. You know, so I got stationed in uh, in Houston, uh, January of 2019. Right, Alpha Elite was the first gym I went to. I didn't know about you know in really Instagram that much. I had like maybe 300 followers, something like that. You know, like I didn't know a whole lot about you know, the, the social media, fitness, all that kind of stuff. And the first people, uh, one of the first people I met was Russ. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Russ showed mad love and, you know, me, I just see another, you know, another bigger, you know, brother out there lifting. I'm like, Hey man, you want to lift together? But I had no idea that it was a business. Like it was like, you know, like he, so like when, when, you know, you, you come there, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm coming from Fort Riley, Kansas, where I'm the strongest guy in the gym squatting, you know, you know, 565. And then you see somebody load 700 is like, dang, you know, I, mm-hmm. I got to step my game up. So then once, uh, um, Russ was really, he was actually the person who told me to power lift. Like he was actually the person who was like, yo, like he, he like tagged me in a story. I got like a thousand more followers over and that was crazy. And I was like, what, like, 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 what is this? And then that's when I started actually like to compete, you know, that, that summer, um, but yeah, like you're right, man. Seeing seeing what other people can do is definitely fuel. And I and like I remember, oh man, I'm I'm benching, you know, 435 for or I'm benching 450, and then which is good. But when when, when like like you said, if, if you see some, someone else your size benching 480, you know, 490, 500, it's like okay, like then it it not only shows you like it's not like a I'm envious, but it shows you what the the body can actually do. Like right. one of my friends, uh, Pancake God, or you know, Jamar. This dude's an 83 kg lifter, uh, drug tested, uh, squatted 760, man, calibrated mm-hmm. 760. Uh, he he tripled um, 672, you know. And yeah. luckily for me, man, my squats have been going crazy lately. Just like this last block, um, I tripled 671. But before I did that, I literally in my head, literally. I literally said, if Jamar can do it, I can do it. And yeah. that just goes to show you, it wasn't any shade. It wasn't any like. No, like, inspiration, uh, inspiration. I'm like, man, like, unless you see somebody do that, you, you're like, wow, six, seven, that's, you know, that, that's a lot for a single. But when mm-hmm. you see somebody in a lower weight class than you, you know, like pushing that, you're like, okay, I know that he's strong, but I'm capable too, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, it just lets you know that, hey, like you can compete with, the best of the best you know so yeah so i want to backtrack a little bit and say uh shout out to russ because he got you into powerlifting and i think that's what life's all about man like you he got you into powerlifting by showing you love 
And now you are going to be able to inspire a shit ton of people. Right. And you're going to show other people love and get them started on their journey and stuff like that. So Russ does have a huge following. I don't know him like that, but I've seen his page. Yep. And he could have easily been like, yo, why are you talking to me? I got all these followers. Blah, blah, blah. But, Mad yeah. So, Mad. yeah, shout out shout out to him and shout out oh. to you because you just talked about what's his name? The pancake guy. Yeah. Jamar. Yeah. So you just talked about him and it was all love. You could have withheld his name, but that's the kind of person you are that you want to show him love and pick him up. So, yeah. Absolutely. Respect, respect to you, Russ, everybody else out there that shows love and like I always say, bro. Well, I mean, obviously, I didn't make this up, but everybody eats, be just like paid in full. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can eat. Nobody has to hate on anybody else. Like we all are trying to inspire each other to be better, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And that's the thing too about social media is, you know, in a positive light is just because you know you follow me, don't mean you can't follow somebody else. So it's like I feel like some people try to get like you know stingy about you know like the cloud or whatever. It's like like you can we can all have a million followers of, of the same people, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. there's plenty to go and go around. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's always love, man. Like I always try to go and show love to everybody, whether you're, you know, it's your first time in the gym or you're a, a top lifter. I try to show people that same respect because, you know, it's just all about, you know, working hard and inspiring that next gen, you know, generation of people. Yeah. And people don't people don't know it. I mean, they, they don't realize it. But, you know, we were those people at one point in time, the first our first time in the gym. I still remember like at Westport Hood. You know what I mean? I would go up in there, you know, some old dude will be like, hey, man, you're pretty strong and something like that. You know, it makes you yeah. feel good. You're like, yo, this old head just told me I was strong. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Like they could be like, yo, you're lifting wrong. Like you suck, but they show you love and it, it makes you want to go harder. So I always try to show people love like. I know they, a lot of times people think I'm talking shit because I'll be like, man, you're really strong. Keep pushing. And they'll be like, man, I'm not strong. You lift like 400 pounds more than me. But I'm like, nah, bro, like you're still strong. We can both yeah. be strong at the same time, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. Like, it's it's always humbling when you go into a gym. Like yesterday, uh, my girl and I went to a gym because, you know, Houston, a lot of gyms are closed because of the, the freeze, you know, people not having power and water. So we drove about an hour, hour, 15 minutes to this gym. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting there training and, and there's people looking at me. I was like, okay, you know, it wasn't a lot of people there, but, you know, it's probably maybe 10, 15, you know, people in that gym. And towards the end of my session, uh, two guys come up to me and, uh, you know, they, they're at first they were super casual. And then like, they're like, Hey, uh, are you captain America lifts on Instagram? I was like, yeah, that's me, blah, blah. And it was all love, man. And like, you know, and, and these are strong guys. Like these aren't just, you know, like these guys are benching, you know, 400 pounds, squatting 450 pounds, whatever, you know, like these are, are strong dudes, but just to have that same love and just to be able to just to like show love back and like, Hey man, keep killing it. Or like, or even learning, man, like you're never too good to learn. Like you can learn from anybody. Like it doesn't matter about their total. Like they can teach you something that you didn't know to help your total, you know? So it's just like, yeah, man, I, I'm all about love within the sport and just and just sharing everything. You know what I'm saying? So. Thanks. OK, we got two more questions and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, one is another one from Instagram. OK. Someone wants to know what is going on in your mind before you take a really big lift. Like, what's your mindset? Man. Um, you got a favorite song you got to put on? You got something you tell yourself? Like, define a big lift. Like to, to define it, because I feel like after you hit a certain point, like 
I'm yeah. talking top of the top, bro. I'm talking you put five five oh one on the bench, bro. What are you thinking? Um, you know, like if I'm being personal, I talk, I just I talk shit to myself, man. Like I, I tell <laughs> myself, you know, I'm like, anybody can do this, you know, like I've seen this person do this, you know, like you know, because like someone's probably done it, unless you're breaking like an all-time world record, somebody's done it, you know. So it's just like I try to put myself in like, hey, like I'm not the first person to do this, right? You know, like it's it's doable. And then secondly, it's really just going through those those same cues, man. The same cues you do when the bar is empty should be mm-hmm. the exact same cues you do when the bar is you know fully loaded. And then I guess the third thing is just you know like trusting your training, you know, like um. The most I've ever squatted was 705. Um, the most I've ever tripled until last block was 631. So the way that that yeah, my blocks yeah. are the, the way that my blocks are organized is for the most part is is based off of RPE, right? So you know, RPE six, you got four left in the tank, and you know, RPE seven, three left in the tank, and so forth and so forth. Um, so you know, the first week of the block is normally a six for me. Right. Uh, and then that third week is like normally like my heaviest week. And then that fourth week is like, you know, a, a slight taper, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I opened um, with with 631 as my RP six week for my triples on squats last block, which was the PR that I've done before for that rep, you know, rep range. Mm-hmm. So based on how that moved, I had an idea in my head like, hey, like you automatically know that these next two block, these next two weeks, unless you fail, they're both going to be PRs, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think the third thing that I really, uh, I really think about when I approach a big lift is just like my training, you know, like my preparation. Like, where am I at realistically? Like, realistically, you shouldn't really approach a lift that you can't do, you know, like because mm-hmm. you've trained to do that lift. So when that lift comes. You're going to be able to do it. Like I've never tripled 671 on squat before ever, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I said, like my, my best triple was 631. So that's a, you know, what a, a 40 pound increase. Mm-hmm. Right. But when it came down to it, like my training had prepared me for that moment, you know, and that's just going to build into the next block and so forth. So, yeah, man. So for me, it's, it's mindset. You know, I, I, I talk shit to myself and I, I think about somebody else that did it. Um, secondly is, you know, just approaching it the same way every single time, you know, technique, you know, pressing my feet through the floor, bracing, maintaining tension, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, lastly, just like trust my training, like trust that, Hey, like I didn't just start squatting benching yesterday, you know, like I've been doing this for a while. So like your body's prepared for you to do that when that time comes. Yeah. I like that, man. I like that a lot. Okay. Last question. Okay. What legacy, what legacy do you want to leave? How do you want to be remembered? What are people going to say about you? Uh, so how I'm going to be remembered is probably going to be different than what people are going to say about me, honestly. You know, because okay. perceptions, okay. perception is reality sometimes. And you know, it's it's sometimes it's very hard to to control your perception. I, I come off kind of, you know, I've I've been been heard as you know cocky or I've been heard, you know as other things, or, you know, he's, you know, narcissistic, you know, douchebag, whatever. But when people actually meet me, like they know that, you know, I would take my, you know, my clothes off and give them to someone if they need that and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I I think for me, the legacy that I personally want to live to, uh, to actually live out and leave when I'm gone 
would be to be someone that helps people, to be someone that regardless of where someone's at in life, is going to show you that, that same love. So, you know, I, I want to show, you know, that person in Walmart the same love that I would show, you know, Joe Biden or, you know, or whoever's in office or, you know, that general or, you know, that that Instagram famous person or whoever, you know, like that, that's kind of how I want to do, you know, like I sometimes I'm at the gym and I might say hey to somebody and they get surprised because they're like, oh, you know, like he, he said hey to me, but just like, just because you're not a top lifter doesn't mean that I can't show love to you or I can't. And sure. I'm not saying pe- people think that way, but I'm, I'm sure you've seen it too, where, you know, like I'll be at a gym and I might not know people, but because of my accomplishments on the platform, they'll like cater to me in a way. Like mm-hmm. you know, they'll they'll load my bar for me, or or they'll like, hey, you know, you want a spot, or hey, like they'll you know, like they not like yeah. over the top, but they'll do that. So like, I try to do that back in a sense. Like you know, like, I try yeah. to like when I'm done lifting, hey, do you want my plates? Or hey, no, I mean, you stay there, I'll I'll bring them to you, or because like. That's what, what, what it's about, man. It's just like, I can show you the same exact love that you showed me regardless of like who you are, period. So right. I would say, uh, I would say for me, man, like that's really the biggest thing is, is, uh, you know, treating people with love and respect and showing people that, you know, like you can push past what you think you can, you know, mm-hmm. like you can, you can push limits that you didn't know existed. And it's, it's a fact, man. Like you see so many people especially when they first start their fitness journey. Of course, once you get more experience, it kind of gets harder and harder to, you know, PR all the time. But you, you see people, man, like th- their first, you know, their first block, like one of my clients, uh, Alvaro, you know, he's, uh, he's in Canada. And he came to me with like no limiting experience at all. And, uh, you know, this is like, I think his sixth block with me. Um, and, you know, he sent me a video of him doing like just an easy, you know, squat triple. And he was like, dang coach like this is crazy that you know when we, we first started training i couldn't even do this one time i was like yeah man that's because you, uh, you know all the work that you put in but there's so much more to the human body than people really give it credit for and if you can just kind of like get someone to really unlock that and see that potential uh that's what it's all about facts all right man it was great talking to you bro got sure. a lot of not a lot of knowledge from you today so Sir, congrats on the engagement. I appreciate it, bro. Uh, I, I hope to be getting that invite soon. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I uh, you know. I haven't sent no invites out yet, bro. I haven't sent coming. any invites out. You will get an invite. <laughs> bet, bet. All right, bro. Yes, sir. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for coming on the show. For sure, bro. Later.